<laughs> no, from ed- editing. The Millennial Hotel. Right? <laughs> oh my god. The Millennial Hotel. I love it. Oh my god. No, do you watch Hulu at all ever? Are you a Hulu <laughs> subscriber or are you a Netflix subscriber? <laughs> you don't watch Hulu. Like, maybe ask me what I watch on Hulu. <laughs> like, do you just do you watch Hulu? I mean, yeah. Like, what do you mean? What do I watch? No, I mean, like, are you a subscriber to Hulu? Or some people are, like, I am, solely Netflix. I'm, like, a bi-subscriber. Me, too. Yeah, you yeah. gotta have both. Well, yeah. actually, Scott has Netflix. I have the Hulu, so it's, what, like... What, what? There you go. Partnership. Yeah. yeah that's love. That's love. I mean, that's why, like, so my sister, I made get HBO Go. I'm still forking over my dad's Netflix account. I have my mom's Verizon Fios account. Don't ask me what the fuck that is. But somehow <laughs> I can watch, like, really cheesy, like, British mid-century sitcoms that I don't really want to talk about <laughs> but they're like guilty pleasures <laughs> right on but yeah I've been strategically dating based on who can fill in the gaps in my subscriber services yes yeah. oh my god that's, that's awesome, awesome. <laughs> cute you guys we Super spend cute. a lot of time together <laughs> it's fun it's all good it's all, it's all love it's all love man it's all love Mike Tyson yeah, uh, Tom Segura. Have you ever seen this meme? It's Mike Tyson holding two doves, and uh, and it's like when you find two friends and you're trying to set them up. Now kiss. Now kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike Tyson holding two doves. Now kiss. I'm gonna cue that on now on, on the now screen kiss. right now. Now kiss. It's, it's pretty great. I have yeah. not seen this meme. Well, I got to pull it up then real quick. Um, with how are, are much we, kissing makes you audio? uncomfortable. Oh, it does. We haven't gone there on the podcast yet. If, if any podcast, it would be this one. Like, Can have you introduce? and Scott even kissed? Yeah, yes. we, kissed. <laughs> we did kiss last night. No, we did sex. We did oh the sex. Oh, well, yeah, you're staying in a fancy millennial hotel. like Hotel for millennials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was there a jacuzzi? No. no. Oh, I would not no. go in a jacuzzi. No. Yeah, I have no shame. Jacuzzi. I don't know. Like, <laughs> plus, like, bacteria can't be on like porcelain, right? Like, it's one of those. <laughs> have you seen a toilet? <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, oh my god, I'm a fucking dirty girl. <clears throat> oh, so we are here in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and our guest today is Melissa Faulkner, who is a very, very intelligent woman. She also happens to be a dear friend of mine from from my college days. Aww. So we shared a lot of really fun memories together. We're not going to talk about any of that today. We're going to talk about what we're doing now, not what we did then, but what we're doing now. Yes. Let's talk about what we did then. Okay. <laughs> so we can do another intro at the end, Some but that's just to get it rolling. Um, just to start it off a little bit, so I'm going to say what I know about you, and then you fill in all the gaps. Oh, so. great. About you or about <laughs> me? About you. Oh, okay. So, uh, California girl, raised in California, right? Uh, came to Wisconsin for college, and now her family lives in on the East Coast. Essentially. So, you're pretty bi-coastal, bi-regional, kind of bisexual kind of girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, just talking about um, mine is clipping a lot. It's it's like, thank you. Okay, awesome. Um, so, talk about where you like to live. What's the place of the country that you found home? Oh, so I moved a ton as a kid, and so home. Like, I'm not. I always envied people that like grew like grew up were born in a house and grew up in the same house you know and lived the same place their whole lives like I've never known what that was like um so 
it's been really fun to live so many different places and it just kind of is one of those things like it makes you who you are like I can talk to anyone I can go anywhere and like relate to anyone because chances are I've lived in a city that they have lived in and so I can shoot the shit with pretty much anyone so yeah sometimes I wish that I had that idea of home but I'm also grateful that home usually resists like exists in people rather than places um but home today is definitely Minneapolis um my parents moved so much um when I was when I was growing up that I think when I went away to school at Madison I didn't have a home and so I chose to make Madison home and then when my brother and my sister moved there it was like oh now it's really home because they're here and I didn't think I was ever gonna love any place as much as I loved Madison like that was truly home for me and then I got this job up in Minneapolis and it was too good to pass up and I decided to move up here I like heels kicking and screaming I did not want to move and then slowly but surely Minneapolis kind of stole my heart and I would go back to Madison and I'd be like oh you guys Minneapolis is pretty great <laughs> like oh, and I almost felt bad about it because I didn't want to like it up here and I just I mean I fucking love it now like it is it is home for me and I feel bad for all the people still trapped in Madison thinking that Madison is still the best city in the world because like it isn't like <laughs> so I feel really bad about that but I feel very strongly about Minneapolis being my favorite place I've ever lived because I've like made it my favorite place mm-hmm. I've really developed my community here and I feel like this is where I really blossomed and where I have really found myself um, but I also don't want to tell people how great it is because I like the fact that it's a hidden gem and that people aren't dying to move here. Like, yeah, you can you can have California and and the East Coast and New York Austin, City and like whatever. Austin, yeah, you go to Austin, whatever. Like, don't fucking come here. Like, I don't want you. Like, I really like it. I like my lifestyle. I like the cost of living. You know, I like that my traffic is five extra minutes. It really isn't bad here. It yeah. really isn't. Of all the big cities we've been in, and we've been in so many big cities, like <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, oh my gosh. Right? No, <laughs> I, Paris, Illinois. Okay. I love it up here, though. I really do. So people always ask me, like, oh, do you want to move back to California? When people up here hear that I'm from mm-hmm. California, they kind of look at you and they're like, what? Why would you ever choose to be here? And I'm like, you guys don't know how good you have it, honestly. Um, so I'm, I never, I have no desire to move back to California. And I think people are always surprised to hear that. Why? I'm so, yes. shocked because I'm, I'm the kid who's like, LA, I'm like, yeah. dude, the beach. Oh my God, it's warm. Oh my God. Oh, I don't think that weather is a legitimate reason to live someplace, nor do I think weather is a legitimate reason to not live someplace, like, hence why I live in Minneapolis. Like, if that, if weather is my only value, like, I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) So, like, I need to have a different priority structure there. So I think people get really allured by the California lifestyle. But I grew up, I grew up in it. You know, I watched my grandparents struggle to, like, make money their whole lives. I mean, my grandpa didn't retire until he was 89, I think. You know, I just watched the struggle. And my my dad always said this, and I kind of agree that California is the greatest place in the world to live if you have unlimited amounts of money and you don't need friends. And, like, I don't have either of those. So, <laughs> like, n- neither of those. Um so yeah, it just it can be like a really shallow place and there's like the big rat race and just people are always trying to like get ahead and have more, 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 more. And I'm at a place in my life where I want less. Like I'm I'm learning that the more did not make me happy. I mean, that's how I'm at the career that I'm 
or why I'm doing what I'm doing now because it was the pursuit of more that kind of like ruined me and like my whole story my whole life has been I'm not good enough I don't have enough I'm never gonna have enough prove to everyone how enough you are right now I'm just like not trying to prove anything I'm trying to just prove it to myself like I'm capable of being happy with like what I have so I think I I get really annoyed when people think that they can fix all their problems by just moving to the west coast because you are still going to move to the, the West Coast. You will still follow you. And so all of these problems are still going to be there. All of that turmoil is still going to be there. And just because you are miserable, like, yeah, you might be in the sunshine, but you can still be miserable even when it's sunny. <laughs> and your rent is $2,600 a month for your no studio shit. bedroom. No so. shit. Just, <laughs> like, value, well, you know? <laughs> that is a bold and fresh alternative Yeah, I uh, love to, that. to the perspective oh. that yeah. is being so prevalent today. Every time I look at that, I'm sorry, Scott, but I'm going to put I this can't. on repeat. Like, that's why I'm really excited. I knew you were going to have just, like, hot fire. I told Scott going in, I'm like, you're going to have a really hard time getting a word in edgewise on this one. I'm like, <laughs> you're right. one, because if it was oh. just Melissa in here alone she would have trouble getting her word in edgewise that is very true and that's, that's, that's why i write want. i like yeah. write for myself uh-huh. like i'm my biggest audience uh-huh. like i literally go back and read what i wrote because i need to hear yeah. it yeah oh my god i love it <laughs> speak on your community so you said minneapolis was one of the places you were able to build community yeah which is hard to do in minneapolis minneapolis has a weird um dynamic where everyone was pretty much born and raised here. The suburbs are very prevalent. Most people you meet have roots here. They have family here. Um, You know, they grew up maybe a couple miles from here. They went to high school with a ton of people from here. And yeah, they might have moved away from college, Mm -hmm. for college, but a ton of them moved back. Mm -hmm. So it is not uncommon for me to get asked where I went to high school. Mm -hmm. Maple Grove. (laughs) Exactly. Or like, or Edina or Eden Prairie or like whatever. And it's just like, what? Like, no. And so people have very close-knit communities up here. And it was really, really hard to bust into at first. And it's not that Minnesotans are rude. They just don't think about you. And so when I would meet people and I would say, hey, I'm new up here, like, oh, you're really cool. Of course you can hang out with us. And then when they went to make plans on Friday night, I just wasn't top of mind. So you have to be really, really aggressive and pretty vulnerable, which is not something that anybody likes doing, whether you live in the Midwest or not, being like, hey, I'm new up here. I don't have friends. I'm lonely. Like, please invite me to your Friday night plans or even like reaching out to people. I felt like I was in middle school again. That kind of like, (laughs) mom, like no one's inviting me to their parties. And like, she's like, well, then you're going to have to make the phone calls. And like, and that's what I was doing. I would have to like reach out to people and be like, hey, I really want to come to whatever you're doing on Friday night. I think that Minnesotans also get like self-conscious or like, there's no way this chick wants to hang out with my high school friends. Like, we're lame. We're, like, we're not that exciting. You know, we have weird inside jokes. And I don't think people think very highly of even, like, their friend groups. Like, no one <laughs> wants to hang out around this shit show. Like, why would you do that? I'm like, no, I do want to be a part of your shit show. Like, let me into it. And so I had to get pretty good about putting myself out there. And the first couple of years, it was miserable. I will tell you firsthand, it was really, really hard to, like – get people to just even think about me and to be part of the in circle. I knew so many people, but I wasn't in a group. Um, And then I did yoga teacher training, honestly, and I became really close with that group of women and met a lot of people through the yoga studio and did my own fair amount of soul searching as yoga teacher training is, just figuring out like what you're all about and kind of healing some old wounds that I had been carrying my entire life 
And everything really changed after that. It was like that circle started out pretty small and it just exponentially got bigger and bigger. And I met so many more people from the get-go that were in line with my values as a person. Like I didn't have to work so hard to get to know people because I already knew that we cared about the same things like yoga and wellness and, you know, being vulnerable and not being fake and not caring so much about like making a ton of money, but instead like investing in rich relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew, so I started to meet people that were already foundationally on the same page that I was. And then it made it that much easier to connect. And then I'll go have business meetings with other people and I'll be like, oh my God, they just don't speak the language. Like they're just, I forgot that 90% of the world lives in this like fake shallow, like not being in tune with who they are and what their values are and don't operate from that place of like worth and trust and honesty and like integrity. Like share what you think the other person wants to hear and you keep shuffling those cards back and forth. Hidden agendas and like motives and things and manipulation. And I forget that 90% of the world still operates that way. And I have to be sensitive to that sometime with other people that what Lindsay and I have is not the norm. (laughs) You ever just grab someone by the collar and be like, you need to tell me what you're actually thinking. Yeah. I just want to be like, why are you being so awkward? Like, why are you like, it's obvious. Like the energy is palpable sometimes. Like I'm uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. Like, can't we just say what we mean? Take off that layer. Yeah. like yeah. let it down like mm-hmm. let's be real like let's get to the heart of the issue let's actually be honest let's say what's going on like don't be afraid of offending me and that's such a <laughs> passive midwest thing you know like <laughs> oh we all live in fear of rejection and being rejected and so we just you know say what the other person wants to hear and so. i do have to say so i follow up obviously on social media channels and your voice comes through so strong and loud on that so Thank i you. can see it whenever i see an up post i'm like to me, it's your feed. Um, I'm, like, I'm like, I know this is Melissa. This is amazing. Um, everything from the vernacular you choose in your posting and just the artistry behind what you do. So Thanks. It's cool. And um, I I watch you and I'm like, yeah, this more girl. Like, uh, ever since we met, I'm like, this girl is going to be in my life for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, this is going to take a different twist for, in the podcast for a quick minute. Um, Melissa and I met in college in those years. Um, we met freshman year of college. In the dorms. In the dorms. dorms. <laughs> Smith dorms. UW-Madison, third floor. And obviously, um, that's a very tumultuous time in everyone's life. But I feel that Melissa and I are the kind of people that stirred up drama in our own lives just to keep ourselves entertained. Yeah. And so we clicked in a really, in a real, in a very real way. Um, to where our drama lined up really nicely with each other. So we had enough like bullshit going on with everyone else that with each other we were just like let's yeah. go get let's go get frozen yogurt, you know. Things were simpler with you <laughs> really always. Simple. Like things were simple. And it's cuz we had so much shenanigans going on everywhere that um I don't know. I feel like we were the same kind of um perfectly imperfect and it lines up really really well so thank you for coming on this podcast of course of course now I was pumped that you were gonna be up here I just like assumed you had like a billion other business things you're like no we're like really coming to see you I was like what <laughs> <Come on. laughs> 
I'm telling you, this podcast is just a secret disguise for me to have conversations with all of my friends. Yeah. Hey, that's the best kind of business. Yeah. Goes for both of us. I mean, it we does. just were in, we were just in Brighton, in Minis- Michigan. 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 Got to see one of his people. Yeah. So. It's Zach Martina, funny comedian, and uh, he's coming back to Chicago on the 18th. I don't know. 18th or 20th. I don't know. Check the posting. Check mm-hmm. the video description <laughs> for exact dates. But uh, uh, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm funny. cutting my well, own. Something, my own something we had recently, uh, w- a conversation we were having on the drive up here was um, about uh, being comfortable outside of your comfort zone. How mm. how frequently in today's day and age does this play? Do you feel that you are putting yourself outside of that comfort zone to get what you need to get done or get sure. the expo- experience so that you know you're not um, falling into an isolation vertical or like an isolated vertical where there's only one thought uh, sorry uh, let me try that again so there was um, a conversation we were having was about in this about this political and social economical time where it's important to make sure you're going outside of the Verticals that are comfortable. What are you doing to keep yourself in the zone of discomfort so you can constantly keep growing? Sure. I mean, it's every day. This is uncomfortable. So if you're considering, yeah. if you're considering coming on, know that this is uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. I honestly, I my whole life, I've been a yes person like I will say yes to pretty much anything um facts yeah yeah (laughs) Regina was there for a lot of the yeses (laughs) so it's just it's um I think it's so important to yeah try on new things and try on new experiences and definitely get outside of your comfort zone um and be be curious like curiosity is like how passion is born like it all starts someplace just being like oh curious about something and rather than living in fear about like what if this doesn't work out of what if I don't like it like who cares like what if you don't like it so then you just don't do it again or something like that and I think it's so important to find out for yourself um curiosity is a huge thing for me I think about discomfort a lot actually because I just went through one of the most uncomfortable periods of my life ever I left my full-time corporate job to pursue a lot of nothing. Um, I remember writing like articles about it and writing in my journal and you know using my Instagram as my personal journal <laughs> and, and writing about how I didn't have a plan and I was working this really um, high profile job and I was making good money and, and it was honestly a great work environment. It wasn't like abusive, it wasn't, um, it wasn't unrealistic. Like I was traveling all the time doing video production and like everyone on on social media, you know, was like, oh my God, your life is so incredible. And I was really unhappy. Um, And it was really, really hard to factually on paper understand why that job was so great and why I was so lucky to be where I was and not want any of it. And I didn't have anything else lined up. I didn't have, I knew I didn't want to go to another quote unquote corporate nine to five job. I knew that wasn't what I wanted. Um, I knew that what I had with yoga was not enough of an income to sustain me. It wasn't going to pay the bills. Um, so I didn't have anything to fall back on. I didn't have another career. Um, 
and I think about, you know, when you like make a decision and the whole like alchemist theory that like, oh, the universe, once you make a decision, the universe lines up to support you kind of thing. A good example of that is when I left my job because I um, didn't really have savings. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I'll wait tables if I have to. Like, I'm a smart enough girl. I'll figure it out. And I told my bosses that I was leaving um, and had a very, very honest, vulnerable, very uncomfortable conversation (laughs) with them um, about how I just wanted to leave so I could figure out what my dreams were and, like, pursue my dreams. Um, And I said, rather than waste your time and your money for six months by applying to other jobs and, like, sneaking out on lunch hours for interviews, I was like, I'm just coming clean. This isn't for me. I'm doing you a disservice by not, like, the team there was so dedicated and I just wasn't on the same page. And I felt bad that all these people were, like, giving their time and energy and I just wasn't there. Um, And I was very honest. um, And it was an incredible way to be, like, rewarded for that honesty. They quite literally gave me my yearly bonus um, early because I I had no, like, when I, I knew I was leaving at a bad time, I was, like, I'm leaving money on the table and I just said I don't care like the time is now and I said if I leave money on the table so what and then they ended up giving me my yearly bonus anyway and they were like we hope this helps you in your kind of sabbatical where you figure out and sure enough it did like talk about the universe literally being like okay you're now you're ready we're gonna help you like time and energy and life and whatever like people are on your side um and it just seemed like there were all these things like screaming at me to like do this and make this jump. And I had never, it was like this help. I woke up, it was my 27th birthday and I knew that it was like the day. I was like, I can't, I can't be small a minute longer. Like I just felt suffocated. Like I was in this cage um, and I just knew. Can you expand on that? What do you, what do yeah. you mean by I can't be small anymore? Or yeah, I think that my my whole life I have been trying to like be smaller physically I'm a woman right like I want to lose weight like whatever mentally I've always been very big I'm loud I'm tall I'm like five nine you know I have I have hips like I'm I have a laugh that can be heard from here to Kansas like I'm just a big personality I'm a big person like I'm a presence I've never been like quiet or anything and I grew up like most of my life just wishing I could have been smaller you know how, like, in high school, like, it was always the quiet, pretty girls that had boyfriends. It wasn't, like, the loud, outspoken, like, obnoxious ones. And, like, I remember being, like, freshman year of high school and, like, getting together with my friends on Friday nights and, like, painting our faces. And we would do this crazy thing called war paint where we, like, put on all this ridiculous makeup and, like, banged on pots and pans. And, like, I mean, like, I was 14 and I was still doing this. Yeah, and, like, awesome. meanwhile, a lot of my friends were, like, learning how to give blowjobs, you know? And, like, <laughs> and, like... I just I wanted to be liked and I and I just I but I, I wasn't I wasn't that like kind of girl and and so I think that I I developed this unhealthy relationship with this idea of being quiet and small meant that someone would love me because being like big and being bold and outspoken like didn't get me affection it didn't get me the love that I so desperately wanted um and so then you have my 15 16 17 year old stoner years as I call them where I was just the chick in the passenger seat like helping roll the blunt like she was wearing a drug rug (laughs) in the grocery store aisle yeah it's real exactly I was just like I was like the passenger right and I was never the ride or die chick yeah I wanted to be the ride or die chick exactly 
<laughs> and I just wanted to be like, you know, loved. And so I, I think I developed this, yeah, this idea that I would never be in the spotlight and that it would always be about my counterpart and it would always be about like finding a partner um, that I could appease and that I could like help out. And it was always like, oh, I'm incomplete. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough on my own. And I have to find that other person because I'm never going to be able to do it by myself. Like I won't be whole until I find that other person that I can like live and breathe for. And they can like live and breathe for me, I guess, was probably what I wanted to. And so just kind of this unhealthy idea of love. So yeah, back to this idea of being small, right? It's like I just wanted to be contained and polite and pretty and quiet and um, to like sit around and just like be there for my lover and watch him and like help build him up and all this stuff. Um, and that Complacent. was kind of, yeah, yeah, and that was my idea of love for like a really, really long time. So was that part of the vulnerability that you were talking about with Up and the, the, the conversations that you were having? Was that transition of, I, I can be who I am in my own skin and these are the forms and these are the positions and this is the process I I am taking to find my own self-acceptance? Yeah, it was a lot of like being seen, right? Like gotcha. being seen not only as big, bright, beautiful, incredible, but being seen like messy, shitty, crying, oh. ugly. Like growth is ugly. It is not pretty. And I think that you ain't was... lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. it can be uh. ugly and painful. And, and yeah, I, I think that yoga was this really first place that I felt safe to like express and like and be big and yeah physically in the poses you know and like just sweating all over this mat and just like getting all my emotions out and everything like that and it was the first place that like I felt like I could kind of be a little bit of the star of the show um like it was my life and my practice and um nobody else got to tell me what to do on my mat like I made all the decisions and I did it for me I didn't do it for anybody else um, and it was my first – yoga was really the first place that I ever began to practice self-care. The idea of self-care was always, like, rooted in taking care of somebody else. Like, oh, like, to love myself, I just have to love other people. And if I just keep giving love, giving love, giving love to other people, then I'll eventually get it back kind of thing. And it doesn't work that way. For, for those who are doing that currently, what are some of the, some of the symptoms – uh, that that might not be the right route for them to pursue, to continue to yeah. pursue, and maybe they should start listening to some of the things that inspired you. Um, you know, honestly, I think if you're afraid to say no, if you're afraid to say no to anyone at any time, like, that's a serious, like, why? Why are you afraid to say no? Um, which kind of contradicts what I was saying earlier about being, like, a yes. But to be a yes for something, you have to say no to other things. Like, to say yes to being a good person, you're saying no to being, like, a piece of shit that lies all the time, right? right? And gets and, to the like, top quickly. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it can be positive and negative, right? Uh -huh. And, you know, you have to be like, okay, well, what am I a yes for? But that also simultaneously means what are you, like, a no for? And, right. and not being afraid. Like, like, I think true love is, like, not being afraid to disappoint someone to align with your soul's values every day <laughs> every day it is and it's a constant recommitment I fuck up all the time like I do this all the time I'm I'm in a new relationship and I'm learning how to say no in like new ways because my default is to roll over my default from years of like what love is is to be like whatever you want yeah let's do what you want I want to make sure that you're happy kind of thing and I'm like wait I just spent the last 
five years of my life, like learning how to have boundaries and learning how to like put my self-care first. And I thought I was really solid in that. And then three weeks later, I got a boyfriend and immediately I'm like, oh, whatever you want, whatever you want. Whatever. And I caught myself. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally just going back to my old defaults. And I, you know, I had to hit the pause button a little bit, be like, wait, I have to still take care of me. And we've had some like very real conversations early on about like, this is what self-care looks like to me. I have to go to yoga. I have to meditate. I have to write in my journal. I have to go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time. And like, it's within that routine and that discipline that I find the most freedom. And that's so important to me in my relationship um, with my new partner um, is being able to still practice self-care. And I want the same for him. Um, And yeah, my idea of love is not caring for him. He can take care of himself. And I want to be able to take care of myself too. And I think it is in that space of both individually striving for your own growth um, to be the best versions of yourself. And then you just simultaneously support each other. But I, if there's ever a point where I'm afraid to disappoint him, that's a, I think that's a problem. So yeah. yeah. Regina, who's the philosopher that says the best way to take care of others is to take care of yourself? Fucking shit, man. <laughs> no, you know, I that one, know. That one I philosopher. Yeah, I don't that, know. I believe it's yeah. Descartes who said it, but I was asking you as a philosophy major. I forgot you were a philosophy major, yeah. <laughs> I think the quote is what the quote that I personally love is um, you can't serve from an empty vessel. Uh, that's a good one. Where, where does that come from? God, I don't know. I l- like search Instagram quotes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like Google images, like Pinterest. Like, I don't know. Seriously, when I get ready to teach a yoga class, I just like go to Google images and type in like inspiring quotes. Inspirational quotes. Yeah, and then whatever comes up and that's the theme of the class. <laughs> Leave it on funny. the map. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the one I read last night was um, you are afraid of love. But love is not afraid of you. Oh, dove chocolates. I know. I was like, damn. I was like, that hits in the heart. Dagger. It, it shocks me. And I think it shocked me when I first met you uh, that somebody with so many talents and just so much, so much inside um, and to give and skills um, can not know that they have the spotlight, cannot know that this world is designed to to put you on a pedestal. And maybe that's why people aren't, you know, like, oh, we can't forget to call Melissa because when they meet you and they see what you're doing and you have a great way of making your life seem amazing. So a lot of times people are not like, oh, she needs us to invite her because they're like, oh, she's in Amsterdam. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, I know. <laughs> so people probably assume um, that, that I've you like have take so care much going for yourself yeah. and they're probably afraid of rejection too. Yeah. You know, well, that was always the worst part. <laughs> is that like I felt like everybody else saw a very, very different person than I saw, and it made it hard to honestly like vent mm-hmm. because it was like I wanted to get together and like be honestly express how I was feeling. Like I maybe I like don't feel pretty enough, or mm-hmm. I don't feel loved, or like I don't think I'm smart enough. And people would be like, <laughs> "You're joking, right? Like <laughs> you don't actually feel that way." And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Like let's just diminish my entire feelings yeah. as I'm being really vulnerable with you." Yeah, like <laughs> you know, and it was. It was really, really hard to felt like I had safe spaces to actually express how I was feeling because people would like shit on it, right? Mm-hmm. They would be mm-hmm. like, that's not actually how it is. Like, you're amazing. You know you're amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it was really, really hard. And I always said like I was tired. The, the last year was a big shift for me because I was tired 
of not being my own biggest fan. Like I was my own biggest enemy. I think everybody is to mm-hmm. some degree. Mm-hmm. And it was so, it was painful. Like that idea of like getting uncomfortable again was a little bit was like standing in my my power and like actually acknowledging how like fucking awesome I am. That's not a particularly like popular stance to take. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure you don't want me to like, that's not no, podcasts that people listen that to, is, like though. to get on and be that's like, that's good. You <laughs> gotta be, you gotta be that way. Yeah. But it's like, it's very unpopular. Like we live in a society where it's like a lot more accepted to shit all over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was gonna, so. I was gonna say, it's funny how that, that is the transition. It's for those who do embody their own, um, embody their own power, as you had put it, uh, it, it usually starts from a, a process where you you start out like oh I want to accommodate others I want to um, I want to serve others I want to make sure that they they feel the same value that I can bring to the table but then it comes then there's this distance that occurs where you're like all I need is myself because or not well all I need is essentially myself. though yeah yeah all I need is myself because I have everything that I need to get what I want done and then you start to master those skills and then it's getting comfortable in that in your own shoes in yeah. your own yeah. skin you know, um and then stepping forward in the light and owning it we yeah. see that a lot with comics as well as is as they shape their voice there's the very first i want to do this you know i want to go up to the open mic yeah. you know, make and, everybody laugh <laughs> and like and they're so desperate for that first laugh because then they mm-hmm. want to share their testimony of how they got mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. and um, but then over time, it, it becomes work. And then if if they jump into the, I want to do this full time too early without having the voice developed or the confidence that this is yeah. what they're ready for, um, that the timing of that is so important. But to, to hear that you, you've done that without having to do it on a stage or using a social platform. Yeah. Well, um, we all have platforms mm-hmm. in our own ways, right? Like whether it's a literal stage Today, or not. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're all on a stage in some way, like being seen all the, the time. The world's yeah. a stage. Yeah, right. We're all being seen and simultaneously like not yeah. seen at the same time. But well, well, yeah. One thing that we had, had it put is um, the first to your network. If you're the first to your network, that's how you, that's how you can be – that's how you can own that sure. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, you define the voice and then expand. Yeah. Because I don't know if this is true for you, but I scroll my feed on Facebook and all my sponsored ads are like, be a coach, be a social media manager. Like, right. you can do it. It's like, dude, every day there's like a thousand new people who are trying to sell the same services. Oh, I but know. But you just need to be the first to your own market. Yeah. You know, and maybe yep. not even the first, but the first to the pe- person that you're pitching. Why did you I, make that face? I, I made that like face that? because um, I instantly thought of the word uh, network marketing and the recent pitch we had to us oh, yeah. about network marketing. Oh, and um, now we're gonna have to cut this. Yeah. yeah what are you guys gonna sell? Oh no, we're not. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I, I know. That's what I'm wondering. Who pitched you? Like, oh, what brand was it? <laughs> anyway, let's not even talk about yeah. that. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. Ah, yikes! The beat. No, every time I see like an it works post in my feed, I'm like un follow like no you that's stuff you get wrapped up in that and it's really hard to break away i mean they prey on the the desperate you know they prey on the people who it doesn't work for them to go to a job necessarily you know what i mean yeah i don't even know like what the right structure is there but like Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's alarming like i hate all of that and i just like remember the days when social media was like social right 
And it would be your Friday nights and maybe, I don't know. Well, just like occasional and now it's just like nonstop scrolling. And now I've Mm -hmm. like literally built businesses around doing social Mm -hmm. media, Mm -hmm. which like kind of I love and also hurts my heart at the same time. But like my intentions for getting into and like having my own business now where I do manage people's social media and help them develop online brands, um, it comes from my own value of like authenticity. And like there's a lot of shitty social media in the world where people are just using it as another platform to sell and I'm trying to bring the humanity back into social media and actually like return to this these authentic voices where we're actually genuinely connecting and in order to connect with other people you have to connect with yourself first and understand what you're all about and so in my brand business that I run now which came about brandless brandless so yeah brandless l-y-s-s because all my friends in college called me Liss. And I couldn't resist the pun. So brandless it is. Like in college, people call me like reckless or like pantsless or like sleepless and like loveless and like all that kind of stuff. I always said if I was going to be a rapper, my name was going to be reckless. But yeah, so brandless is now the name of uh, the brand consulting business that I run. And whenever I meet with new clients, I'm like, okay, take a pause we're going back to the beginning we have to do our homework like I make them do branding exercises and like questionnaires about their core values as a human I mean we go back to the beginning like why are you doing what you're doing why are you selling because people like people don't buy what you do like they buy why you do it and so like I don't care if a billion other people have done what you've done before you haven't done this and like people just want to connect with you and that's what people connect with online is authenticity um, and people sense Like, you might not always know as a consumer why you resonate with something, but you know what you don't resonate with. That energy is so palpable, even online. And so whenever I meet with new clients, if they just want me to execute on social media, if they're like, oh, can you just, can I pay you to do like 10 posts a week? It's like, no, that's not what this is about. Like, I want to go back to the beginning and actually have impactful, meaningful you know, relationships online and I want to help you cultivate that. And that means getting clear on who you are as a person first and what drives your business and your brand. And then what does that look like online? So yeah, it's, that's me getting out of my comfort zone a lot too, is like, you know, kind of, I think people have an idea of what my business is and what I'm going to help them with. And it's like, oh, you'll just post on my social media. And I'm like, no, this is so much more than that. So sometimes I think I'm like a brand coach, you know, like not just like a brand consultant. It is kind of one of those like heady (laughs) things like, oh, but I, but I genuinely, I mean, that's my why is like helping people be more comfortable with who they are in real life on the yoga mat and in a business perspective, you know, and in a business environment. Like, I want to help people feel empowered. The same the same process that I went through to really stand in my power and be really proud of the person that I am. And I want to help other people feel that way. And sometimes you get really proud when you have a really nice logo and a really nice website and a really good social media. I need to make sure <laughs> this is recording real quick. Just testing. Yeah. It is. Don't worry. Yeah. Yay. Can I get the spelling of that again? Yeah. Brandless. B-R-A-N-D-L-Y-S-S. So yeah, Brandless is the the business. So, like I said, when I left my corporate job, I didn't know what I was gonna do, and I just was like, I'll figure out. You know, I had a couple couple bucks coming in from teaching yoga, and then this is where I get really annoying. I had some money for my other business. I also own a yoga beer business called Ohm Brewers. Ohm. <laughs> so like homebrew, but Ohm Brew Ohm Brewers. Um, and so, yeah, I teach yoga at breweries around the cities, um, and I, oh, I love it. Oh, the people I have met through that business have just, like, been incredible. 
Um, and so I had a little bit of income coming from that. I've never used it as like a money maker, like a profitability driver and like teaching yoga is hard work and the marketing it takes to do every class. And um, it's a lot of work and I love it, but I don't do it to pay the bills. Um, and so I was like kind of doing that and I was just like, all right, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I've got enough cash to like float for a little bit. Um, and then people at Up started asking me, that, like, you know, have you, do you do any branding work freelance? Can we like hire you freelance? I was like, guess I was like I've never really thought about that and then like brandless was just this momentum that I couldn't seem to stop and like the word of mouth marketing and all the people that just kind of came through the doors and I I didn't think that what I offered was unique I did not think that my take on branding and marketing was like needed in the world I'm like I live in the most like we have the most agencies per capita I think in Minneapolis like marketing agencies like my I was like my services are not needed here and then to see even in the last six months how many people have been like I need something like this um gave me a lot of power and helped me really step into like okay I am a unique person I do actually provide value like I can in fact like make money from this um and I want to help other people feel empowered to, to do the same um so a lot of who I work with or you know small independent business owners that it's really hard to step up on a platform and be like look at how awesome I am work with me whatever my service or product is like that's really hard to do so I like to think of myself like as a cheerleader in that sense too like hey I'm going to give you some amazing branding some amazing visuals some logo some awesome website that you can be really really proud to showcase to the world so you can continue to fake it till you make it because I understand as a new business owner a lot of your business model is faking it till you make it being like am I really that amazing can I actually make money from this I'm like if I can help you be your cheerleader and give you some awesome branding to like hide behind until you realize how fucking awesome you are I'm your girl so I knew this was going to be inspiring. I'm really happy. I told my mom, I'm like, you're going to love this podcast. Because some of yeah. them are like, oh, mom, you don't have to watch that one. But <laughs> I love it. But this one, I told her, I'm like, mom, Melissa, remember? She's like, oh, I remember Melissa. Yeah. Of course she does. Oh, so hi, mom. Hi, Lillian. <laughs> she's she's going to cry. She's going to cry. Oh my god, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you for coming on. For I sure. I mean like uh, we got we got to run through some rapid fire questions okay, for the cool. promo. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So we're, uh, finish these. Finish this sentence or finish this series of sentences. We're just going to go through them. Okay. Um, uh, so the bus. This is rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Rapid <laughs> fire. No, I gotta pull them up. I'm sorry. Wait. Well, in the meantime, I can just okay. tell you my favorite. When you were like, "Oh, like I'm gonna talk about you," and then you fill in the blanks. Yeah. I was like, "Wait, do I fill in the blanks on you?" And oh. I was like, "Have we talked in the podcast about how Regina pretended to be allergic to pineapple for the first time <laughs> in her life? Like, what has that mean? been revealed she used yet? To pretend. She. Yeah. No. Please, <laughs> please share this with the the crew. So. My favorite memory of Regina in college is probably like, so we were like freshmen in college, right? Like, what are you drinking in college? Smirnoff. What are you drinking? Like flavored Smirnoff. And like, I like got this thing. I really liked pineapple Smirnoff and I was getting it all the time. And like, we would go to these parties and Regina would be like, oh, I can't drink that. I'm allergic to pineapple. And it was like, not like slightly allergic to pineapple. It was like, I will bust it in hives and I will die. Like, I mean, it was like, and she... She had these elaborate stories about, like, you were in kindergarten and you, like, someone brought pineapple and then you had to be, like, carted off to the hospital. Like, I remember this, like, horrible story about, like, oh, I felt so bad because my friend brought in a pineapple cake for her birthday and I couldn't even have it because I was allergic to pineapple. I mean, this went on for years. And I finally 
whether we were under the influence or not, but you finally revealed to me after three years of this elaborate pineapple allergy, finally revealed that it was all just a ploy because you didn't like pineapple. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I remember like deliberately, like when, if we had like WAP yeah. or something like that, like literally checking it for you beforehand because I was like, Regina's gonna die if she has this pineapple. Like I remember like fruit plates, like we'd, it was like kids with peanut allergies. I'd be like, hey, has everyone cleared the room of pineapple because Regina's coming over and like, we don't want her to fucking explode. Oh, it makes my throat itch. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> The there it worst. goes. It's yep. starting yep. all over yep. again. Here we go. Yep. Here's yep. the symptom one. Makes oh. my throat itch. That was always my favorite <laughs> college story of Regina is her allergy oh, to pineapple. Oh, wow. Well, oh. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that just made me really happy. I'm like, oh, man. That's why you have friends in life, just to just to keep the joy alive. Remind you. Oh, man. <laughs> Wow, we have. She could have just t- said a lot of really bad stories. I swear. Of all the we, ones I could have said, oh, you're happy it was the pineapple thank story. You. Yeah. Oh man. <gasps> you, I mentioned I yesterday. I was like, we could talk about Madison. You're like, what do you say? Scary waters. Scary waters. <laughs> Scary waters. <laughs> it gets rocky real quick. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you got these rapid fire questions yeah. right now. He's but awesome. I could actually when I, I was telling awesome. him because I was telling yeah. my um I was telling my new partner Chris I was like oh I'm like hanging out with this like couple that I used to yeah. hang out with like actually like a lot in Madison yeah. they're like yeah. up here he's like well do you know them I was like do you remember that candy store on State Street oh my <laughs> I knew you guys from the I don't even remember what it was called campus, campus candy campus candy and that was like when you guys wow. like first got yeah. together Man. and you, we'd go over to that Greek restaurant oh my that, like, Opa yes we'd go over to Opa and we'd dance afterwards and Yo. it was just like oh my god we talk about those days all the time yep straight up that was probably the last time I saw you guys it was like dancing on Opa that's like, hilarious before. like yeah that was my Scott Regina memory whoa <laughs> yeah Campus those were candy. those were the early days yep. when we had the sweets for each other I still do like an ear infection I'm sorry it was really nice it was really nice thank you for that Scott yeah. no and now you have the cavity to prove it yeah. uh, probably like I have fallen been, chain I'm trying to make some like hilarious been marriage to a dentist joke. in a minute dude talk <laughs> about freelance Jesus <laughs> yeah right <laughs> does that come with dental insurance yeah. nope no. anyway welfare health care <laughs> the millennial mindset yeah right <laughs> we can stay at a hotel three times a month but we can't go see a doctor exactly no shit <laughs> It's funny because it's true. I can't get my eyes checked. Aw. It's okay. It will be fun. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's only one of my senses. You got four others. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. So I'm ready for these. Yeah. So we'll start with a very easy one. Uh, My favorite color is? A Maserati. A Maserati. <laughs> favorite color. I mean, yeah. I've, I've definitely never like been favorite in a color. I don't even yeah. know if I've ever seen a Maserati. Favorite color. Favorite <laughs> color. I think I like black. I like black. I just want like black. It. Yeah. My like, favorite color is Maserati. Maserati. <laughs> Wait, car or color? color? Color. Oh my god! I think you said car. <laughs> It works. It She's works. like Maserati red. 
<laughs> That's why I was so confused. I was like, my favorite car. Like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> so random. Uh, my, my, all right, my secret okay, addiction. color. 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 Uh, so I think we got it with Maserati. Okay. Maserati. That was perfect. Maserati red. Maserati. Uh, uh, my greatest addiction is... Food. Anyway. No, all food. Like, yeah. every food. Cheese. Cheese. Straight cheese. I When I wake up, I... Uh, not appropriate. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> not appropriate. Uh... I most want to be invisible when? No. I am at Six Flags. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I could be the, if I could be in any movie, it would be? Legally Blonde. Hell uh, yeah. yeah. I told you Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. That happened at a great time. Yeah, cool. perfect. One perfect. podcast? Right. Okay, carry on. It's over here. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh, no, that never happens in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I ask them? Can I ask them? Yeah. Can I ask them? Yeah. There's 250 here, so awesome. get crazy. So we'll do all of them. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. I'm cool. kidding. All right. Um, can you turn it a little bit? Yeah. What is your favorite beverage? Coffee. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> what product would you refuse to promote? Ooh. Oh, okay, this is pretty funny. There's mm-hmm. this, like, national ice cream chain called Milk Jam. And I think it's national, but there's one that just got built, like, that opened up, like, a couple blocks away from me. And I think it's really, really bad ice cream, okay? I just don't think it's good. And they have all these gimmicky things, like, oh, Fruit Loops on your ice cream, and, like, champagne in your ice cream. Like, okay, if I want ice cream, I will buy ice cream. If I want champagne, I will buy champagne. The line, even in the dead of winter, is out the door around the corner. And when I drive by, I want to throw things at these people. I want to be like, <laughs> it's not even that good. Like, this is not good ice cream. And it's gotten so out of hand that people will deliberately drive by Milk Jam and take pictures and send it to me and be like, hey, do you want to go to Milk Jam later? And I'm like, I will fucking kill you. Like, oh my God. I hate Milk Jam. Jam. So yeah, I don't know what it is. I just don't think it's that great. Awesome. <laughs> if you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you bring with you? Um, my under eye concealer. And <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely thought about that before. Definitely okay. my under eye concealer. And I was going to say my Bluetooth speaker, but like It'll I would need my, but need I would need phone. my phone. So like that would technically have to be my two things. So I guess I wouldn't bring that. Um, so yeah, it would just be my under eye concealer. <laughs> I don't need anything else in life. And oh, some man. cheese. And some okay. cheese. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, if I were a pet or if I were an animal, I would be? A fox. I am a fox. Uh, what city Aww. best represents me? Or you. You. Oh, you. <laughs> like uh, this city I'm trying to position it in a way or... what city best represents you, yeah. you. so mm-hmm. probably Copenhagen uh-huh. when I think about it, I studied abroad in Copenhagen it just resonated with my entire aura as a being and everything I believe in oh I see and, that yeah, so yeah. I think uh, oh I mean, hell yeah Copenhagen hell yeah I just want to know this one uh, I don't know why this oh. keeps turning off it's not, we've got plenty of space on it Thank you. What TV sitcom family would you want to be a member of? Uh, Modern Family. family. I yeah. was gonna 
Yeah, modern family for sure. <laughs> yep, for sure. Would you be a sister? Would you be a kid? Would you what what generation would you be a part of? <laughs> would you be ad- oh. adopted by Cam and Oh, that would be fine. Yeah. I I never want to be a kid again. So, I would probably be like Gloria's hot older sister. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Or older. little sister. Yeah. Hot, younger sister? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'd be the hot Hell drunk yeah. aunt for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. I believe it. If you could win any award, what would it be and why? A Grammy like for singing. The, no, I don't agree. I should like sing up on here. Like, yeah. sing up here is recording. Mm-hmm. Melissa's um, an amazing singer, too, by the way. Little known fact. Yeah. Little known fact. Beautiful country singing uh, voice. Uh, no, I would win like 30 under 30. Yeah. Hell like, I'd yeah. want one of those. So I only I only have two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. So I don't know. Manifest it. Put it out there. Yeah. yeah. 30 under 30. I want to. Yeah. I don't even know what that award is, but I hear Forbes. about it. Yeah. Is it Forbes? It's Great. Forbes. They, Great. A lot of business journals have them in your city. So I bet like Minneapolis Yeah, like has I think Minneapolis has. Journal, yeah. And that's, that one's, because the Forbes yeah. one, not that you can get it. You could for sure manifest the yeah. shit out of that. Yeah, let's but do that. there's a lot of options as far as those go. You can make it happen. Sweet. Whenever I hear this genre of music on my radio station, I change the channel. Christian rock. <laughs> That's fair. Yes, fair. like That's just, amazing. and it's like it, it. Even if it's disguised as a non-Christian song, like you just know. Like I'm like, oh, mm-mm. like yeah. I just had a memory right now. I need to share. You and I went to the Majestic in Madison to see Sleigh Bells and Yaysayer, yes. and I've never ever been in a crowd like that. She jumped. Alexa, the main girl, her name's Alexa, the right? Bells jumped girl. The in bells the crowd. Girl. And remember, she was like having like an exorcism while she was body diving, and it was incredible. Sleigh bells. Uh, I've uh, never seen uh, anything like it. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> it was out of control. That was a good show. That was really fun. That was. And she goes like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, all that like weird stuff she has with her voice. Yeah. Like, I love her. That was so much fun. That was a good one. Oh. Yesair was a good show too. I still love Yesair. You're that. right. Yeah. We loved, loved Yesair. I saw them in Minneapolis, like maybe like eight months ago. I bet there was a lot of hipsters there. It was. Oh it was. God. It wasn't. They weren't what they used to be. Um, who is? is? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's. Wow, all we got a whole hour. Yeah. Holy shit, that flew by. Yeah. No kidding. Cool, that's a wrap. Any last things you want to say? Yeah. Anything you want to um. plug? Where can people find you and if yeah, they want yeah, to talk about branding? Yeah, well, if you live locally in Minneapolis, if you ever want to practice yoga at a brewery, check out ohmbrewers.com, O-M-B-R-E-W-E-R-S.com, Ohm Brewers. Um, I teach at Blackstack Brewing and Lynn Lake Brewery primarily. And then if you are a small independent business owner that needs help with websites, logo design, social media, you know, anything like that, I help translate physical services into digital experiences for small independent entrepreneurs. Um, And that is brandless.com, B-R-A-N-D-L-Y-S-S. Yeah! Find me on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Find me on Tinder. If you swipe enough, you get all of my businesses. Probably true. What did I say earlier? Like, I'm a conglomerate and I'm still walking Mm -hmm. dogs to make money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Hashtag millennial. Yep. No, for real. For real. Everybody's got their their shit that they got to fall back on. You know? It's it's about the passion projects and sometimes those, you know. All right. So this one goes out to Millennial Conversations in the Millennial Hotel in Minneapolis, (laughs) Minnesota. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, And... 
uh, we get excited for the next episode. This has been great. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, guys. So good to be here. Aww. Aww. All right, now we're going to hang out for five hours. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>